there, and welcome to the Transparently Jordan podcast, where I'll be talking with a new guest each week, and we'll be covering topics in health, fitness, lifestyle, and so much more. So stick around, and let's get into today's episode. It just clicked in my mind, like right then and there, like, oh shit, I'm gonna die. And he's going to suffer for, for from that because I like, that's it. What is going on everyone? And welcome to another day and another week. Now, I'm not gonna lie, I am in such a bad mood right now. I know the last time that I recorded the intro for last week, I was in a bad mood as well. So hopefully this doesn't, um, this isn't a pattern from now on. But today, I literally like 45 minutes ago, just got home from spending four and a half hours in the COVID-19 testing lineup. Basically, what happened was earlier today, we got an email stating that all placement activities so all health science students at my uni that i'm going to are essentially placement is done and we were all basically sent home um, because of the most recent covid outbreak that occurred like two weeks ago so i was in placement for the last two weeks but they just decided this week to cancel placement and they basically told us that we need to have we need to essentially go get tested asap And then we weren't allowed to resume placement again until we got those results. So it was a little bit delayed why they got tested. I think it was because some stupid person in South Australia broke like his quarantine. So some person tested positive. He was in quarantine, but then he broke his quarantine and went to like Kmart and like a few other shops. And because of that, there, I guess the hospital or the South Australian health system is, I don't know, they are basically like students are high risk population. So we need to go home and all placement is canceled for the end of the week or for the rest of the week, which sucks because today was actually first day of my last week of placement. So I just need to get through one more week and then I would have been on Christmas holidays till like mid January. But now I have no idea what's going to go on. They're probably going to, as soon as we can get back into placement, they're probably just going to start it up again. And then whatever time that I missed because of me getting tested will just get added on. So essentially, I'm pretty sure that I'm going to have to go back next week, which I mean, I really, really like placement. So it's not the end of the world. But at the same time, it would have been nice to have just be done, you know? And just start my Christmas break, which is much deserved because I have not gotten one break all year because of COVID. They've kind of just condensed everything and made it a year round. So that is my mood right now. I've just, yeah, it has been a long, long freaking day. But my week, let's see the the wrap up of the week. I've done absolutely nothing because I've been on placement, so done absolutely nothing. But last Friday, or maybe it was even Thursday, I think it was last Friday, my favorite girl ever released 
her highly anticipated album, Plastic Hearts, Miss Queen Miley Cyrus. Holy shit, you guys. I, I'm not going to lie to you. I have listened to every single track on that album on repeat the last, what's it been, the last three days. And that's no exaggeration. Like in the kitchen, when I'm cooking, in the gym, when I'm going for a run, on my way to work, on my way home to work, I have literally listened to every single track on repeat. There is not one bad track on that new album, which is hard to say for a lot of albums. I mean, a lot of Miley's older albums or other albums in the past there have been tracks that i've never listened to after that first listen whereas this album i every single freaking track is just so amazing if you guys can't tell i'm excited i am so freaking excited about this album it is so good so good and i've been waiting so long for it so yeah, that was my, I guess, past three days. Other than that, I've just just been doing, been working, been watching a lot of Christmas movies, actually. I've been watching a lot of Christmas movies on Netflix and on Amazon Prime. Nothing, nothing new, to be honest. I mean, I know Netflix is coming out with a lot of kind of like those Hallmarky type movies. Which I'm not all that interested in, to be honest. I kind of like the classics, like Christmas with the Cranks, I watch every year. I, of course, watch Elf every year. Deck the Halls, Fred Claus, um, the Santa Claus movies, one, two, and three, I watch every year. And I've made it through pretty much every single one of those movies that I just mentioned, except for the Santa Claus movies. I'm pretty sure they got moved to Disney Plus, which I don't have. So I'm going to have to figure out how to watch those. But yeah, I've just been watching a lot of Christmas movies and yeah, I, I'm excited. I'm so excited about Christmas. I hope Christmas goes as planned. I hope this freaking fucker that broke quarantine and ruined it for the rest of us does not ruin christmas because i am having a christmas barbecue it is going to be my very first australian christmas and everybody is coming to my house for a barbecue so it better happen it better freaking happen but enough of me babbling away because that is really all i have to say for the week nothing really else exciting has happened my life is pretty pretty uh uneventful right now but this episode, this episode is another great episode to this plant. Oh my God. Sorry. A freaking rabbit just ran right in front of my house and it was a huge rabbit. Oh, okay. Back into today's episode. I'm going to actually keep that in and I'm not cutting that. <laughs> today's episode, I am talking with Alex Buck. Now, Alex is based out of L.A., he is an Ironman athlete. He is sober. He has been sober for many years now. He'll definitely speak to that in the episode because I kind of forgot how many years, but he's battled with alcoholism in the past. He has battled with going vegan versus not going vegan. Um, he's essentially talks about how he first 
was vegan slash vegetarian. Then he started eating meat again, and then he went back to vegan. So he shares his entire journey, what led him to being vegan, what led him to helping the animals, what led him to activism, and all of these amazing things. This episode is actually so open and honest. He opens up completely to a complete stranger. Like, we just met today, right before the episode. So... It's a good episode. It's a very good episode. And he, again, was just so open with everything, with his past and his present. So I thank Alex for being on the podcast, and I hope you all enjoy it. Alrighty. Hello, everyone, and welcome, Alex, to the podcast. How are you doing today, Alex? I'm good. How are you? I'm not bad. Um, yeah, it's a nice day here. So... I think it's going to be good. And I know we were just saying that it's 10 a.m. here. So my day is uh, just getting started. Um, how's your right day on. been? Good, good. It's been a uh, pretty good weather. It's not too cold, but it's nice and sunny. Yeah. Um, it's been an off day for me. So I've just been relaxing, took a nice walk with the pooch, mm. just enjoying the scenery. It's what? we're like maybe half a week into uh, <laughs> some sort of winter here in L.A. Yeah. What kind was, of uh, a, what kind of dog do you have? Uh, he's an American Bulldog. Okay, all right. How long have you had him? I have had him for about four and a half years now. Hmm. Okay. His name is Bodie. Bodie. All righty. <laughs> now, Alex, do you mind maybe telling the listeners a little bit about yourself, um, just to get started? Uh, yeah, sure. I mean, um, so I am. 29 years old. I was born here in LA. In, uh, I was born in the Valley, the San Fernando Valley. And then uh, I spent the vast majority of my upbringing in uh, Santa Clarita, just north of the Valley. And uh, I grew up uh, two brothers, two older brothers, um, went to public school. I actually acted um, the vast majority of my childhood, that was a huge part of my, my life, my upbringing. I did my first job when I was 10 months old. Um, I was in an aspirin commercial as the baby. And, um, and then I acted consistently until I was about 18. And that's when I started really getting into uh, playing music and also drinking and partying and stuff. And so I walked away from the industry and my agencies and, um, went on to definitely walk a different path for, for quite some time from there. Right. Alrighty. And how long have you now been vegan? Um, so I actually, um, in high school, uh, playing music, playing in like hardcore bands and just being in the local rock scene and stuff like that. I had a lot of friends who were uh, vegan vegetarian and I, I always had a very, very strong draw to, animals and um animal welfare and at um uh, can't remember what year it was but uh i think i was at the warp tour and i went up to a pita tent and saw like a bunch of info on factory farming and i actually so i went um vegetarian when i was 16 and then i went in and out of uh, like vegetarian vegan and then like pescatarian and uh that went on for years until i was like 20 I started eating like meat and, and um, just not really given 
a whole lot of a heck about my wellness or anyone else's in general um, for quite a few years. And then it wasn't until I got my dog Bodie, um, who I introduced a few moments yeah. <laughs> ago, uh, when he when he fell into my lap as a uh, uh, six week old puppy. Um, it was only a few months of having him that uh, one night I was sitting up and uh, he was sitting in my lap trying to find something to watch on Netflix and I came across Okja and I watched that and just all my old values of uh, you know compassion and and walking the walk as opposed to just saying I feel a certain way and doing something else uh, kind of all came flooding back to me in a moment and I had a uh, that was one of my first real moments of clarity um, on my general path to wellness that hit me. And it was, it was having Bodhi and seeing that film that night uh, that I uh, really made a shift right then and there to start getting animal products out of my, out of my life. And um, a few months later, I would uh, come to um, make friends with a really strong vegan activist and, uh, just kind of kicked the whole thing back off. And so it was, uh, it's been about four years now since I made the shift back into um, completely abstaining from participating in, in animal exploitation of any form. Okay, cool. Now I'm interested if you're open to it, um, chatting a little bit before I guess you started vegan. Cause I know you were mentioning that you've been vegetarian, vegan, before this, mm-hmm. before you made the, yeah. the full switch in the past, and then you started eating meat again and whatnot. So I'm just wondering um, if you mind getting into a little bit about your past and about what your reasoning for making the switch to vegan um, slash like vegetarian back then, and then kind of mm-hmm. making the switch to being kind of a meat eater. Um, yeah. How did that kind of go about? Well, so alongside all of that, I was also um, battling heavily with alcoholism, um, mm. which plays a, a big part in just my overall decision making for for a, a good decade there from about 17 to 27. Mm. And um, so my, my initial uh, interests in not harming animals just came from the way I've always felt since I was a child. I mean, I grew up with dogs. Um, my, my childhood heroes were Ace Ventura and Steve Irwin. I was <laughs> obsessed with Steve yeah. Irwin and, um, I wanted to be, uh, to grow up to, to study like zoology and paleontology, just like right. animals and dinosaurs and all creatures of the known universe. Yeah. Um, always, I just had, um, an immense empathy towards uh others and um i just i always felt that so um you know yeah like around you know 16 i had known a few people that were vegetarian and i was really starting to you know make my own life decisions um that were you know um a little more thought through than just uh your average uh you know, adolescence of what do I want to do today? Go like, is it skateboarding or basketball? Um, kind of (laughs) what's on, what's on the agenda. So, um, it was always there. It was always there. I have this really strong memory of, uh, um, I don't, I don't remember how old I was, but it's like crazy young, maybe like four or five, um, of being at like an IHOP and I got Mm. pancakes and they made it into like a face. Um, and I wouldn't eat it, uh, because, 
it had a face and yeah. I just remember I remember uh like bawling my eyes out because my dad was cutting up the pancakes <laughs> and uh um just like saying like you're killing him and um so like that's just always been uh in there you know and 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 like the vast majority of us you know we're we're compassionate and um it's it's within us all to not want to cause direct harm to others you know um but luckily thanks to you know punk rock and that community and stuff uh when i was a teenager i i i stumbled across the resources of how to walk that line you know mm. as a as a person as a consumer and like oh no 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 like that lunch meat you got this is this is them suffering because of that kind of a thing and so right. when i was able to visually make that that connection um as you know getting older and becoming a a, a consumer um i was like oh well I'm, you know screw that i'm not yeah. i'm not doing those things um, and was this all in your teenage years still yeah yeah for oh, sure okay yeah, i was like uh like a sophomore in high school yeah and that's super interesting because most people that age don't even think about all of that right you know you're yeah, yeah. like you're saying before you're you're worried about school and parties and skateboarding and this and that yeah, so yeah, exactly. i find that super interesting um was it essentially what do you think made you kind of have that mindset at that young of an age well, I mean, like I said, it was just always kind of there and, yeah. um, and, and I had dogs and mm. just had incredibly close relationships with my dogs and, um, and, uh, and then also just, you know, like screaming in hardcore bands and stuff like that. It, I was a very vocal person and I saw it as a bit of a, you know, an act of rebellion, like, right. Oh, I'm going to be, you know, I'm gonna go vegetarian. Like, no, I don't eat meat. I don't do that. Like, you know, I like I abstain from that stuff. You know, it was it was it's definitely um, it's a very like punk rock thing to be like, uh, I, 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 I feel this way and I'm going to stand up for it and, okay. and 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 take a stance on this, you know, right. like oppression. Like I'm not going to no, I'm not going to fall in line because everyone else does it. Like, right. I know it's wrong. Therefore, I won't. Um, and so, yeah, I, I played a, like my friends influencing it, you know, was, it was, a a real saving grace because mm. I like, you know, I w I was able to discover the, the resources of like, you know, and then, and back then, I mean, there was only a few products that were kind of banging on the shelves that you could like get in a store, but that, you know, my buddy was like, Oh, morning star has like yeah. chicken patties, you know, <laughs> and there was like yeah. still garden burgers. Like yeah. that was a thing. And then like, yeah, outside of morning star, I can't even uh, think of, Oh, and Boca Boca was right. an OG. Yeah. So like I knew about those things, you know, and they had it at my, uh, I lived next to like a stater brothers that carried them. Yeah. And so, and it's just, you know, I mean, I also like, I thought it was cool. Mm -hmm. Right. Know? And, um, I think personally, regardless of what make, whatever makes you stop harming others, like they don't care. Right. <laughs> just, they're just stoked. You're, you know, like, so if you want to be punk rock and rebel and go vegan in high school, you know, like do it. Right. Like, mm -hmm. don't think twice, you know, like it's whether it's, uh, you don't even fully understand it yet um the the animals in the earth will thank you for it regardless of your reasoning you know right right okay so then yeah. going to the point where you decided to 
start eating meat again. How did that go, go about? Well, that was, um, <laughs> I like, I remember the day too. Okay. Um, so, so my buddy and, um, myself right out of high school, uh, myself and three of my friends got a house in, uh, Lake Balboa. It's like right next to Van Nuys in the Valley here in LA. And, um, we, I, I think we like suckered our buddies dad into like co-signing on the lease and got us this like sweet house with a yard yeah. and all this stuff we were so young and irresponsible um but we so we move into this house and uh, on like the same day so like all of us were vegetarian when we okay. moved in and immediately i mean i'm drinking like daily like uh. daily so and i had um i had got a job in the carpenters union um yeah. and was like uh, hanging drywall and doing steel stud framing on like commercial structures. So I was, I was super young, but like getting really nice paychecks, like right, right out of high school doing this, uh, you know, construction stuff in the union. And um, so I was just getting off and buying 18 packs and bottles of this or whatever. I was yeah. drinking a lot of uh, four loco had just come out before it got like recalled. Oh. <laughs> and so we were drinking those and mad dogs and stuff like that. And um, so we were getting really reckless, like really quickly. And mm -hmm. um, it was the same day, my buddy Jordan and I, who are still super tight, we're, we still play music together. Um, we were like, let's go get burritos. And we just, we walked to this like little corner kind of bodega setup thing. And we both got a, like carne asada burritos. And that was just, we just started eating meat again together. Mm. Um, and it was, yeah, it was, it was like, I, you know, I think there was like some, you know, um, protein bullshit probably going yeah. on there, you know, like, yeah. uh, ugh, like, you know, we got to eat meat. Like, ugh, I don't know. Just, <laughs> going through the phases of right what you know from teenage to okay now i'm 19 gonna be like 20 and you just you you go through so many hills and valleys mm -hmm. as a developing human trying to discover yourself and if you couple that with um the radical emotional roller coaster of being an addict or alcoholic um your decision making is all over the place so yeah that was um there wasn't really any major shift. Like, it's not like I got into bodybuilding and was like, well, I got to get my macros up. Like it yeah. wasn't a really thought through thing in general. I was just being crazy reckless. Like I was, uh, yeah, like I said, drinking every day, like crushing up pills and snorting them and stuff and just yeah. doing wild, wild things that were detrimental to my, my wellness and people around me. Um, and you were so, under 20, you know, at an age yeah. where you're still, <laughs> still yeah. learning it all right so. yeah 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 i uh hadn't had much figured out um, yeah to say the least uh so but the the crazy thing about that though is i i i would go on to periodically live with uh some of those dudes again and uh i mean we're all still very tight um mm -hmm. but uh jordan and i especially had always talked like over the years that we were kind of like off the wagon, uh, mm -hmm. with the, with, with being vegan, we always brought it up. Like it would be right. like, Oh man, we, we got to get off the shit. Like, you know, get, get back to the truth. Stop, stop eating that trash. And, um, so it was like always kind of there, but yeah, it really wasn't until Bodhi came into the picture where I started 
flipping my whole perspective on my decisions across mm. the board. Right, right. And was it easy when you when you made that switch again to go back to vegan? Um, was it easy? Because yeah. you already kind of you already kind of had the past of knowing and having kind of a little bit of knowledge, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, so I definitely had that benefit, but it's also just it like it's just not hard. I mean, yeah. in my in my opinion, it's just not that hard. I've never really been someone who has an insane amount of emotional investment in my food anyway. Like mm. I'll <laughs> I'll eat like cold meals that aren't heated back up or whatever. Like yeah. I'm super low maintenance as it is. Like I eat the same things almost all the time. Right. Um, I have a collection of a few and most of us, like when we really step back and look at our dietary habits, um, we have a revolving cycle of only like a few things that we tend to um, enjoy on the regular. But so I did have that like reinforcement of having um you know like tread those waters before mm. um and knew like oh, i wasn't gonna die i wasn't gonna drop dead of a protein deficiency because i'd like done it and yeah. um but also i mean it's like what's my objective i'm going to the store to get food so as long as right. i just do that you know yeah. it's like it's a it's not a loss Dandy. in my, yeah. yeah. And, and then, I mean, yeah, like with things like Boca burgers and Morningstar, and now we've got all these brands like Gardein and beyond and impossible. And there's just so many in Daya, like so many yeah. mainstream uh, plant-based companies that are eat, like non-GMO mm-hmm. um, certified organic and stuff. And, but they're in like every store, you know, I mean, you can go into target and get beyond burgers and like GT's kombucha and stuff. So there's a lot of like, um, a lot more of those um, healthier choices just everywhere now. Yeah. Um, you know, you can go to Taco Bell and get a bean burrito with no cheese and like just right. smash the hat. And, right. You know? And um, in California, LA specifically, because I'm oh, from yeah. I'm yeah. from Vancouver, Canada, and okay, like sure. we're we're super. It's like Vancouver is a main city in Canada. It's one of the two bigger cities, so uh-huh. super easy. Right now, I'm living in Adelaide, South Australia, which is a little bit smaller, and it's still so easy for me to eat vegan out here. And I know anytime mm-hmm. that I go to LA, it's I'm always amazed in just the abundance of things that you can yeah. get anywhere and everywhere. So it's not uh, it's, hard at all. Yeah, it's pretty ridiculous. Like, actually, I mean, you can eat like the other night we were, um, we just released some some new music with my my project Bad Jesus, and we were like, uh, "Oh, let's get some, let's have like a little pizza party kind of celebration." It was only like three of us, you know, because um, yeah. the COVID and stuff. We actually live we're like next door neighbors, mm-hmm. um, so we've we've been together the whole time. Um, right. But uh, we were able to just hop on Postmates and like order two really legit like <laughs> vegan pizzas, you know, yeah. and it was. <laughs> at our door in like 35 minutes and yeah. uh, this there's a spot called cruiser like right up the street and then like there's i mean there's countless there's countless yeah. uh spots for whatever type of eating you're into you know whether you like latin foods or you know middle eastern cuisines or this or that or whatever uh you right. can get it um usually not only just um by like altering but there's so many fully plant-based um vegan spots here in LA mm-hmm. that are, that are of all like cultural uh, cuisine types, which is just, it's pretty, I'm super grateful for that. Yeah. But I also 
kind of just eat like oatmeal and like baked veggies every day. Yeah. So same here. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm a minimalist, a hundred percent and just like lazy too. So uh, all the, I do have all that gourmet eating in my backyard, but I don't really do it too much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, all right. So. Now, thank you for sharing all of that in your past. Now I'm interested maybe talking about the present and where you are mm-hmm. now and um yeah just kind of speaking to that um yeah well i mean i'm definitely living a, <laughs> a much different lifestyle yeah. now than uh than i ever really have been before um so to kind of like cover the timeline of so i get bodhi he comes into my life um i go vegetarian and start making these more like selfless decisions Mm. and that was kind of the first push of like the snowball that would eventually turn into this like avalanche of wellness right um but i uh get bodhi i go vegetarian uh later that year i meet um uh my friend dylan from the uk and she was like a hardcore activist and Mm. uh did does work with like dxe and anonymous for the voiceless and like she showed me um like what vigils were and would show me videos of like james aspie and earthling ed and all that stuff and it had been a really long time since i had invested in that kind of like mentally invested in that world. Like I, I knew about factory farming and stuff um, just from being younger and seeing videos um, on the internet, Mm -hmm. but I had kind of forgotten. And even though I had like gone vegetarian already, like I was just doing it off of my own, like, Oh, I just don't eat meat. You know, it wasn't like, I wasn't, uh, you know, following activists on Instagram and stuff like that. But then I, I started to, Cause she right. would, she would show me like this, you know, YouTube couple or something. And I'd be like, Oh, they're cool. And, you know, give them a follow. And so then I started like just getting more and more information. Yeah. And, um, I was, I, I started to realize like for me and just the way I feel about myself, um, maybe I'm not doing enough. Um, and right. I'm somebody who is very comfortable voicing my opinion. Uh, mm-hmm. And that comes from maybe like the performance aspect of growing up as a child actor or, um, you know, playing music and standing on stage and, you know, screaming lyrics I wrote into a microphone yeah. or just in general kind of being a stubborn human, you know, right. <laughs> and like <Yeah. laughs> standing my ground by nature, like yeah. arguing with my family my whole life. Um, yeah. So whatever the reasoning behind it, I was just like, oh, well, I feel courageous enough or like I feel comfortable enough voicing my opinion and standing up for these animals that cannot, uh, you know, put sound into our structured language mm-hmm. to say like, hey, you're hurting me. We're afraid of you. Yeah. Um, and just hearing like them, you know, moan in agony is not enough, uh, I guess. But I was, so I realized like, okay, well, if I can, then I should, you know? Um, And so I started feeling that kind Mm. of rising in my, in my, uh, in my head a lot about the way I was carrying myself through these days. And so now to kind of throw in what really lit the flame of it all for me um, was 
right at the end of that year, that same year. So like earlier that spring, maybe uh, February, March or something was when I uh, went vegetarian and started making those choices. Then I meet my friend and now I'm like, okay, no, I'm vegan for sure. Like mm. no eggs, no dairy, like mm. no leather. Um, and, uh, you know, started looking at like my, my, uh, you know, my toothpastes and my shampoos and all that stuff, yeah. you know, like, cause it's tested on animals. Okay, cool. No, I'll buy this one. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and just really, really like becoming invested in changing my habits and looking at like what in my life, um, am I, you know, can I change that's going to like help my ripple effect become more positive, mm-hmm. um, for, for the, you know, beings outside of myself. And now simultaneously alongside all of this, I'm still drinking and I'm drinking heavily. I'm, right. I'm blacking out. I'm throwing up on myself in my sleep. Um, mm. cause I was also simultaneously really bottoming out emotionally, okay. which is kind of a trip because it was like my, my, my mind was like split in two directions. I yeah. was making all these you know, choices and doing all these things, but also still like wildly depressed and, and not properly dealing with choices I had made over the course of, you know, years of alcoholism, uh, going through a really uh, intense breakup. Right. And then like searching for something to replace it with, um, you know, like toxic behaviors and, you know, like, you know, uh, toxic people find toxic people and just like, so really short term radical, like failed relationships as I'm like trying to fill a void and stuff like that. And, um, eventually it it was the end of that year, um, where I went on a really, really hardcore bender for a handful of days. And when I came out of it, I, uh, I woke up and I'm laying on the floor of my, like, uh, unfurnished apartment you know Mm -hmm. I've got nothing in there like I was laying on a pile of blankets for a while um and I'm in there with Bodie and uh I'm so sick from days and days and days of drinking um that I'm I'm spitting up blood I can't get up like I got you know black circles under my eyes right and he's got no dog food he needs to go out for a walk and I'm like I can't even couldn't even handle that because he's a big boy and yeah. you know it's it's a whole process walking yeah. him but but um it just clicked in my mind like right then and there like oh shit I'm gonna die and yeah. he's going to suffer yeah for, for from that because I like that's it you know he's he's at the mercy of the animal control that shows up to the apartment of a, you know, an alcoholic suicide or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, maybe he lashes out at them and he's a, you know, he's a bully breed. So they take him to an aggressive shelter and he gets Mm -hmm. put down. And, and so like all of that, all the outcome of me losing control um, with my drinking and how it was going to affect him, like hit me in an instant, the same way it did that night when I watched Okja and I was like, Oh, I'm fucking up. Yeah. Um, It was the same uh, you know, in, 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 in the sobriety community, it's, it's your moment of clarity. Mm. Um, and, uh, that was it. And I told myself right then and there, um, if I, if I can, if I can survive this day, um, and get through these withdrawals and all that, um, I'm never doing anything to harm myself or put his life in jeopardy again. Right. Um, and, and so that, that was a huge, huge, huge moment for me and, and a shift in my overall life forever, you know, up, up until this point. Yeah. And, um, and so that really, 
gave way to this like newfound uh you know viewpoint on myself and my place in this world and my decision making so the activism definitely the the animal rights activism definitely got ramped up from there in that right. in the in those in those months to come following that um decision to get sober hmm. okay okay cool now um essentially like what you mentioned before what you mentioned um a little bit before was kind of as you were kind of making these changes um, and you were vegan, you didn't know a lot and you didn't have a lot of knowledge about animal rights and about all of these things, which a lot of vegans don't, you know, a lot of mm-hmm. vegans are vegan for two, three years and still have no clue of what goes on with farming and things and that. So were there any resources or any things that you found? I know you mentioned a few things, but that really stuck out to you and that you would recommend others going to check out, to try and educate themselves, um, about these kind of things? Um, yeah, I mean, for me, my, my big one, my, my holy grail of, um, overall, like an, an, an information crossroads of wellness, mm. it has been the rich roll podcast. Um, okay. that guy just has the greatest repertoire of guests and right. human beings on this earth really, really striving to either, you know, explore their own concept of the human experience or how to try and help, you know, society as a whole optimize um, their, you know, our overall wellness and our, our happiness and our, and our understanding of what we can do with our time here while we're having this like material experience. But it's, um, so that one's huge because he's not only, I mean, he's an amazing uh, animal rights advocate, um, upper echelon plant-based endurance athlete, uh, just an overall legend himself Mm -hmm. and like a testament to what the lifestyle can be. But he, he, you know, he tends to have that common thread through a lot of his guests. So I, I discovered, uh, like James Aspie has been on his podcast and like, I've, I've, you know, uh, uh, Delgado and a lot of people that you come across where you're like, oh, well, you know, Dossie Botch, you know, uh, yeah. Olympic medalist, you know, and yeah. you just, you start to see all these people like thriving, you know, right. not, not only just like having, um, that standpoint, like, oh yeah, like we shouldn't hurt others. So I don't, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like, oh, okay, cool. But then to find out that, you know, you can, uh, summit Mount Everest in a pair of shorts yeah. with no shirt on, on a vegetarian diet, like Wim Hof, you know? And yeah. it's like, okay, all right, well, there's more to this <laughs> going on, you know? And, uh, so that, and then, and then I would follow all of those individuals as well. And they would right. have their own platforms and their own nonprofit organizations. And, um, in, in the rabbit hole of the, of the internet, you know, is really, mm-hmm. uh, uh, a spectacle of human creation and then that's a whole different podcast for sure yeah. but um it's uh so yeah following um a lot of a lot of people coming off of that but then just yeah like i said like yeah earthling ed and, and james aspie and then kind of just branching out into to the spider web and then um oh and actually i went and um uh i went to farm sanctuary uh okay. so we have there's a lot of animal sanctuaries here in the in the greater los angeles area um Mm -hmm. and um my friend was like oh there's this place called farm sanctuary and um and this was like kind of in the earlier stages too um 
uh, this might've even been before I got sober. Um, and, um, I, uh, going there and, uh, there was a great speaker and, and guide that we had and, and they start off the tour with a, a, you know, kind of an overhaul of animal agriculture and what some of the animals were going to be meeting had gone through. And, um, and so that really changed things for me a lot um, in bringing it, bringing the reality like right into my face, you know, right. and like, oh my gosh, these animals are so lucky, you know, to not have met the fate that they, that they were intended to by the, you know, the hand of man. But so uh, actually, you know, finding a local animal sanctuary and just going and paying a visit, like they yeah. love that, you know? Um, and I think, you know, if the tour costs like 10, 15, 20 bucks, like that helps with, you know, uh, paying employees to maintain the facility, getting food for the animals and, mm. and, and all that stuff. So it's, it's, you know, it's a win-win and you get a nice lesson and then who doesn't love spending time with, you know, <laughs> animals. Yeah. Uh, and so going and doing that. And then also, um, I went and attended a local vigil, okay. which is kind of the, um, the, the darker side of confronting the reality of animal agriculture. Yeah. And, um, I don't know if, um, uh, people listening are, are uh, familiar with what vigils are, but the way that they work, at least here in Los Angeles, um, is we go to the slaughterhouse where the animals are intended to arrive to. Mm. And when they show up in the trucks, uh, we get a few brief moments with them to um, just be there, bear witness to their existence. Uh, we usually tend to give them some water. It's, it's really hot here in, in Southern California. And a lot of the time these animals have come from other States. They've been on the trucks for days, uh, no food, no water. They're in these just like metal cages. Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes they show up, they're dead. Uh, mm -hmm. The pigs will cannibalize each other. They'll chew each other's uh, ears off uh, mm -hmm. and stuff. So it's, it's really horrific. And, and they show up, you can see the fear in their, mm. in their eyes. You can feel it. You can smell it. You can taste it in the air. These, uh, these slaughterhouses smell like the, the, the worst combination of funk you could possibly even imagine. Mm. And it, there, there really is a genuine like um, evil in the air. And mm. um, it's, uh, but attending those uh, early on in my veganism, just, you know, not only did I get to meet amazing activists and really kind of like start to build a relationship with my local community, mm -hmm. um, but it, it, it solidified my convictions in ways that you, you can only truly understand, you know, when you go and look off the side of the ledge yourself um, and see how, you know, high the fall is. Um, right. People can tell you stories all day, but until you, until you really touch the fire, you're not going to know how, how hot it really feels. And doing that, um, just made me go like, no, no, no. Okay. I need to like educate myself. And yeah. so that, that, that was where, uh, you know, the internet and social media really came in. So I started looking into, you know, um, like Dr. Michael Greger, who he wrote, you know, famously how not to die. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, and then just listening to him, watching a lot of his, um, talks online and stuff like that. And, you know, Dr. Garth Davis and, and, and there's just, there's so many, there's so many resources out there where really, if you kind of stumble across one, yeah. um, chances are they're going to end up having a podcast or an interview with someone else yeah. and then you go check them out and then they're on this and then, Oh, that guy was on Rogan. Okay. You go, you know, see, let's see what he's about. And then it's just, it, yeah, it's with infinite information at the click of a button or now it's just, mm -hmm. you know, the swipe of a screen. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, it's, pretty easy to, to get involved. 
Yeah, the the internet makes it so easy. And I mean, like, even with this podcast, a lot of my guests are from via other guests, you know, going on Instagram, scrolling mm-hmm. through Instagram and all of the suggestions and things like that. So it's so easy to find other people in your community, um, mm-hmm. in the vegan community, this and that. So yeah, those are some pretty awesome tips there. But I, in your Instagram profile, I see that you're also a triathlete. Is yes. that correct? Yeah. So do you mind maybe um, discussing how that came to be about and discussing that a little bit? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, uh, um, so after I got sober yeah. um, and, and the, the, the wellness spiral really began to, uh, to spin, mm-hmm. um, I would go out and go for runs. You know, mm. um, I had this newfound energy. Yeah. I was really stoked. Um, yeah. I was eating, you know, whole food plant-based now. Um, and, um, just all like really starting to like whittle away at some of these like toxic behaviors I'd been, you know, hanging on to for so long. I used to smoke a pack a day of cigarettes. Mm. Um, so I, I quit smoking the same day I quit drinking. It was like, no, 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 it all, it all goes. I put, I put all that stuff in the same box and, and just wrote, you know, I don't do that on it and stuffed it away in the old memory bank. Um, and, uh, you know, with animal products and, and stuff like that. And, um, so I started going out, you know, going for runs. It was like one mile a day, two miles a day. And then um, about a month or two later, I ran into an old buddy of mine um, and, you know, we're chatting and stuff. And he's like, oh man, you know, I just hit a month sober. And I was like, oh, what? No way. Me too. Uh-huh. And like, so we were both all stoked on that. And he was like a track star in high school. Okay. And so he started, uh, he started running again naturally when he quit drinking and mm-hmm. was just, you know, like kind of getting back into the swing of it. And so we would go run together. And, um, and then, um, you know, a couple months go by, I had uh, discovered this community called the November Project, which mm. is this really, really cool free fitness group that is here in the States. And um, it was, I believe it was started by uh, a couple of people that worked for uh, the North Face, the like okay. um, hiking gear company. And yeah. uh, this guy, Brogan Graham, um, him and maybe a few other heads. I'm, I'm not a hundred percent like sure on the Genesis of it all, but, uh, there was this local meetup here in LA and it was like every Wednesday morning at like 6am, um, you know, uh, like 50, 60 crazy people would get together and just do these workouts, you know? And, uh, so I was going to that, which was super positive, really cool. And for somebody like me, I had never been an athlete in my life ever. Like I skated, and, you know, like rode bikes and stuff, but I never played sports. Mm. Um, wasn't my thing. I was, I never really had like, uh, outside of playing guitar, like, uh, a, a strong relationship with like mind and body reaction, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. and it just wasn't my thing. Wasn't mm. my thing. And, uh, I could show you how to like shotgun a beer in five seconds, but I definitely <laughs> didn't know how to do anything. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I wasn't hitting like layups and jump shots at, at, at 15. Um, so, uh, I was just starting to feel really, um, uh, interested in like pushing my body and stuff right. like that. And so I was running, you know, and two miles turned to three and uh, meeting with this group, we would do, you know, track workouts and run the stairs and do all kinds of like really cool um, interval training and stuff like that. And one day my buddy calls me, the same guy uh, who was sober and um, 
and a runner. He's mm-hmm. like, Hey, I'm picking you up. We're going to uh, do a 10 K. And I was like, what? And he was just like, yeah, just, just don't worry. I got shorts for you and we're going. Yeah. So I met him in like Temescal Canyon in Malibu or he, he got me and we went there. Um, and, uh, it was like this event that was put on by Adidas and it was called run for the oceans. And so it was like this thing where you logged on and got this app and it monitored like um, every mile that everyone ran. Mm. And uh, this was like the local event, but it was also like a thing that was going on virally for like 24 hours. Right. Um, So every mile that everyone ran, they agreed to donate a uh, match it a dollar in donations to um, this company that, uh, uh, specializes in pulling plastics out of the oceans. And right. um, so I was like, well, I can get behind that 100%. And it was this really cool course. And it was, you know, there was like all these companies and ambassadors and there was like a, you know, big fancy starting line and a finisher tunnel and yeah, media. And like, there's a couple like celebrities and stuff um, cruising around in their running shorts. And, yeah. uh, and like, I was like, this is pretty wild, you know, and I got yeah. a shirt and stuff and, uh, and I ran it and, um, was actually, uh, the whole time pretty much part of like the front pack. And, okay. um, and that wasn't like any sort of like a oh, window into, you know, some like gift or a knack for the sport. Like it was just more of like a Sunday fun run, you know? Yeah. Um, and, um, cause there were some, some, some real like, uh, real runners there, runners. you know, <laughs> that I now know could, would have blown the doors yeah. off that run. Um, but it was just, yeah, it was more of like a charity fun run kind of thing, but yeah. still it, it was, so that was like the first sporting event I'd ever really participated in mm. outside of like sucking at baseball at like nine and knowing yeah. I wasn't going to do it anymore. <laughs> um, and so I was like, all right, well, that's it. I'm running a marathon. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, you know, scouring the internet and like looking for runs and I have no idea what I'm doing or, or, or anything like that. And having been so plugged into like the plant-based community and stuff now, I, I had known, you know, I know who Rich Roll is, who is a uh, uh, Ultraman triathlete. Mm. Uh, and, um, and I had come across a gentleman of the name uh, John Joseph. And that guy is an Ironman finisher. I think he's a 13 or 14 time uh, finisher now. And uh, so I had heard about like this Ironman thing, but initially I'm like, that's absolutely not possible. Like, yeah. that's just, it's like you swim how far and then you, excuse me, you, you ride yeah. how far and then you run a marathon. Like you're absolutely <laughs> out of your mind. Like I don't even you have a pull-up bar in my house. Like I'm not doing that, you know? And then, but then in the same fashion of me just kind of being a bit of a radical human, like I was like, actually, no, I'm going to do that. So instead of signing up for a marathon, I signed up for um, a half Ironman uh, like three months out. Right. And, and I trained myself just based on like YouTube knowledge or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the internet's powerful. Yeah. 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 The, uh, <laughs> the, the, the social media, like, uh, academy of, yeah. of, of education and research. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, um, so I, I, once I graduated there, I went and showed up for my first half Ironman with, um, a pair of running shoes that my buddy Jose loaned me, um, a wetsuit that I borrowed from my brother. <laughs> that was like a really thick winter suit with holes in it. (laughs) And then, um, and, uh, and my oldest brother's road bike and went out and got it done. And Mm -hmm. that was it. You know, I, for me, the, 
emotional clarity that I received from the training and going out and running and just, you know, like the, cause also, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm going through my first year of recovery from, from over a decade of alcoholism. And so my mind is just exploding with like thought and self-discovery. And so to be able to have this thing to like, okay, I'm gonna go spend two hours on my bike in my head. Mm -hmm. And, um, and come back home from that and just the clarity that you get from those conversations with yourself while you're also simultaneously choosing to like feel, you know, large amounts of discomfort Mm -hmm. is so healing and so, so self-revealing and educational to what you want and why you want and, and, you know, all, all of the above. But, um, so as soon as I finished the half Ironman, I was like, well, I'm doing a full one. Um, so I signed up for a full and then trained, all winter um into the next spring and then i went and completed my first full ironman in colorado and uh after that i was like okay well this is a thing you know this is definitely i i'd realized um you know um it's not just something for me that uh like i do it on my bad days right and and i know that i um I don't want to say I need it, um, right. but in in a lot of ways, it has become the thing because uh, you know the the human is malleable, and I could uh, put that time and that focus towards something else, and it's not um, a permanent structure in my in my lifestyle. But um, I I have chosen outside of my music and my my usual therapeutic remedies um, for myself. It has become something that has been uh, tried and true to really help me remain um, positive and focused and healthy and happy and sober. And mm-hmm. um, so after having done the half and then doing the full and realizing how much I had grown as a human with that thing being involved in my life mm-hmm. um, over that last year, I was like, all right, well, let's see how far I can push this, you know, like maybe, maybe I can someday because it's a long game uh, building up at like the aerobic capacity for the endurance game. Yeah. Really. Uh, especially if you're, you're coming off of like, you know, being a, a drunk drug addict that smokes yeah. cigarettes, you know, it takes a while to like build up your lungs and build up your cardiovascular capabilities and, and all that stuff. Um, so the following year I, I, you know, I, I got with a coach, I got signed up with a, with a triathlon team um, who I, you know, was, um, going to be racing for, you know, thinking that we were going into the 2020 (laughs) race season, but, uh, um, you know, but still with the overall mindset of like, okay, this is a thing that I'm definitely very into and I don't, I don't want to dial back the, Mm -hmm. the, the throttle at all. I actually want to rev it up a little bit and, and, and put a little more into this. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, now leading up to today, um, I'm now, uh, you know, I got a couple sponsors and, um, still have races on the calendar. I'm, I'm, I'm slated for Ironman Texas in the spring. Um, and I, um, actually this, this year, um, because of the fact that all the races went away, I curated my own Ironman here in Los Angeles. And with, uh, my, my, uh, company, I, I race with veg, uh, nutrition. Um, they, they helped me go out and, uh, get after it and get it done and actually document the whole thing, which okay. was really cool. So I did get to get my, my Ironman in for, for the 2020 <laughs> season. It was just a little bit of an unorthodox yeah. uh, 
situation there, but still, um, you know, I, in my mind, whether the races go away, you know, next spring or not, mm-hmm. uh, I'm going to, I'm going to come at them like they're still here. Um, and like, they're going to happen because if they do, I definitely want to show up prepared. Mm-hmm. Right. Cool. And one thing I want to maybe touch on that I really, really liked, um, you brought about was you kind of doing these things, um, and it kind of bringing self-discovery, clarity, um, kind of like reflection. So I think that's super important. I think the whole self-reflection, self-discovery is super important for everybody to do. Um, How important is it for you currently? Do you still kind of use self-reflection in your daily life? Um, Are there still kind of goals that you have that you want to achieve? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, uh, I am like a baby in this yeah. world of, of, uh, you know, overall wellness and that the whole adventure of self-discovery. Um, it's still, I mean, this is a long game. As long as I'm around, I'm, I'm interested in learning and growing and bettering myself and, you know, tweaking my methodology and, and all that stuff. Um, but I, I can't speak, um, more loudly enough about, the importance of making that connection with your physical body, because we like, we're all here having a, a spiritual human experience behind these eyes and our medium to the world, to, to the, to the tangible world that, you know, uh, engages with our senses and triggers thoughts in the brain is this, this vessel, this human mm-hmm. vessel. And if you don't, regularly check in with that that vessel and keep it sharp and keep it tuned and keep it engaged um your your concept of what your human experience is will start to you know uh squander a little bit and we can see that across the board in in the lack of mental health in our society today and um because it's not just a physical health thing like, oh, you need to do physical activity for physical health to keep your body fit. It's your mind is a product of the body in the way that it can receive, you know, signals from the, from the known outside world. And um, having, having a strong relationship with your body and, and that's not, that doesn't have to be crazy triathlon endeavors or, you know, several mile long ocean swims and stuff. It's, it's as simple as, you know, getting 20 squats in and, and, you know, maybe hanging from a pull-up bar for 30 seconds while your coffee's brewing and just really building a relationship with, okay, my feet are connected to the ground and I'm standing above my legs and my, you know, my hands are here and this is how my elbows feel. And when, you know, when you have to carry your groceries back into your apartment from the car, it's not going to be this like shocker of like, oh, I'm using my body now. It's like, it's nice to wake up and, and get your, get your vessel going, you know, right. um, maybe do a couple compound stretches and, and hit five pushups before you hop in the shower. And it, it doesn't have to be this crazy investment to a gym or a personal trainer or some sort of thing, but the more we engage with our body and feel grounded in this connection to the world, the, the less, um, stressors of the unknown will be floating around in our mind because of that, that anxiety that can be inflamed from not having that physical connection. Right. Oh, cool. Yeah. That's that, those are super awesome points. And I really liked 
really liked all of that. Where can people find you? Is there any links that you want to um, plug in? Is there any um, links of any other people that you want to plug in that I can put in the show notes below? Um, sure. Yeah. So I'm on Instagram and pretty much only Instagram. I don't yeah. really uh, mess with like too much social media. I know I'm definitely working on a YouTube channel right now, so mm-hmm. I can put out some more um, like contextualized content of some of these conversations that I yeah. like to have. Um, but yeah, right now, I mean, it's just at Alexander Buck with a V B B C K. Um, and uh, that's, that's where I'm at. If you want to talk to me, find me, see what I'm doing, what kind of <laughs> stuff I'm putting in my yeah. oatmeal, you know, all that good stuff. Um, yeah. I'm definitely going to drop Veg Nutrition. Uh, yeah. They're a newer company. Um, okay. They make an amazing product. They, they, they actually have rolled out a few products now. They have an amazing mm. multivitamin and like, it's just no nonsense. It's like four macro, you know, nutrients that you need in one pill. Mm-hmm. Um, super easy to remember to take. And also their protein powder is some of the like best mixing powder right. that I've ever used. Minimal ingredients, certified organic, um, super, super good. I put a scoop of it in my oats. I'll put like a quarter scoop in my coffee, okay. you know, and then obviously the shakes are yeah. no brainer. Um, so veg, veg nutrition, they're actually, uh, you know, they're running some specials right now for the holidays too, to get signed up with. So um, definitely gotta, gotta, gotta recommend them because I know that as a plant-based, um, you know, person in general, and then also adding athletics on top of that, uh, w- without wanting to just overdo the calories constantly, you know, yeah. to like meet the demand of, um, the like less calorically dense plant foods that we're eating, like yeah. having a, adding a scoop of that into something a day, like you're going to be straight, you know, mm-hmm. um, for me, my body cannibalizes very easily. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially add on all like the cardio stuff that I do. It's actually hard. It's really hard for me to maintain a nice, uh, weight. My body wants to drop. Mm-hmm. So, um, having that involved is just, uh, uh, takes a lot of like the worry or the stress and I'm not having to do another brick of tempeh right. for, like a day, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, so it's easy on the bell. It's easy on the, on the mind and the wallet, you know? So, um, definitely got to plug that. And then also, I mean, while I'm doing little, little, uh, shameless plugs, uh, yeah. my, my project bad Jesus, we just released a track, uh, Friday the 27th oh, cool. uh, that just came out. So yeah, we've, we've got some new music rolling out. It's called cancel us. We're, we're the band is bad Jesus and we're on all platforms that stream music. Um, okay. so that song is actually getting, you know, a little more into some of the things I, I dove into in the beginning of like, you know, the self-reflection and the, the, the struggles of, of dealing with our perception of like the world outside of us and stuff. Like, mm-hmm. um, we put this song out. That's, that's a bit of like a, you know, a political dialogue towards my own reflections of some things that happened this year. A lot of the things that happened this year and, you know, a little bit of like the social unrest and the, the pressures to kind of lean one way or another, or like, how do you represent yourself and trying to remain compassionate and empathetic and vocal without stepping on the like endless row of toes that seems to be before us. And, um, you know, like trying to walk the tightrope of living my life and enjoying my time through this chaos. And then also trying to remain, um, teachable and, and, um, 
open-minded and present and empathetic and compassionate in like such a, you know, chaotic time in, 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 in the world that we're, <laughs> we're living yeah. in. So yeah, that song came out, uh, you know, just the other day on the 27th and I'm, I'm super proud of it. And so if anyone likes the things that I have to say or whatever, like, and they want to know a little bit more about me intimately, mm-hmm. my music is really my journal and right. I share it with, with people. So, um, yeah, bad Jesus on any platform. And, uh, we've got a, a, a decent little catalog going on there for the awesome. last year. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Well, I thank you so much for being on the podcast and for sharing your story with us. It was super awesome. And I think, I hope actually that people are enlightened and people get inspired and have learned something from, um, from the episode today. So thank you so much for being on the podcast. Yeah, of course. I mean, it, it, it's, it's honestly, it's my pleasure. And mm-hmm. I want to thank you for even giving me this opportunity to come on and, and speak my nonsense, you know? <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm definitely uh, wildly grateful for the opportunity. All right, everyone, that is it for today's episode. And I hope you all liked it. I actually, I mean, I just literally finished re-listening to it because, of course, I need to edit it before I uploaded it. And I am recording this outro right after I listened to it. And I, you know, when you're in a conversation or when you're listening to a conversation during a podcast, I think sometimes you don't fully digest what what's going on and I uh, there was so much in this episode so many amazing things and so many things that I wish I had asked and elaborated on um in my questioning and things like that but to be honest I just wanted to let Alex do his thing vibe out and kind of share his story um y'all know me I can talk and talk and talk so I just wanted to kind of shut my my mouth during this episode and just let Alex share his story, which was so amazing and so awesome. And yeah, just listening to this episode again, I'm so excited for you all to hear it. And I'm so excited that that it's out there now. Um, there were some amazing things in here and I definitely hope that you all liked it. So definitely go ahead and check out all of the links that Alex mentioned below. They will be in the show notes and that's really all I have for today. Um, I do want to mention next week's episode is just going to be yours truly. So if you want to skip an episode, I mean, sure, you can skip my episode. It's going to be <laughs> my very first solo episode. Um, I'm essentially just going to share my story and kind of wrap up this whole plant-based series with sharing how I made the switch to being plant-based my journey with it um how i feel like i've done a pretty decent job being plant-based and being vegan all of these years now so yeah that will be next week's episode and then we will get back into the amazing guests but don't worry there will every now and then be more plant-based and vegan guests i'm just not going to be doing like episode after episode i'm going to be kind of I have a whole bunch of guests lined up for the next month of December and we are not going to necessarily just be covering plant-based topics. So yeah, that is to come in December, but nothing else for me. So I will talk to you all next week. (laughs) 